0: The Lord cares. I'm not here alone. He sees me crying, and He's always been there.
1: Welcome to the Still Christian podcast, where we retrace our steps through evangelical culture, finding a new way forward without abandoning our faith. I'm Katie. And
2: I'm Sarah. And we're still Christian. In today's episode, we are interviewing a friend of mine, Gabby. Gabby and I used to go to church together. She's come on today to share with us her story of suffering as part of our uh, Still Christian Through Suffering series to share about her experience going through divorce. Gabby, thank you for being here. Thanks for being willing to
0: share your story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, if
2: you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about yourself Who are you? What does your life look like? What's like a typical day in your life these days?
0: Yes, I'm Gabby. I do work from home, which I love. I'm very introverted. Um, So that was a plus, I guess, that came from COVID is my position became remote and I'm never going back um, (laughs) to having to work in person again. I miss it sometimes, but not that much. And yes, I work remote. I work for a nonprofit organization, which I've been there for like six years, over six years. And I'm really grateful for that job. And I do live with family. So I'm at home with my parents. And thankfully, because I work remotely, I also help. I'm able to help take care of my grandmother, which I cherish. uh, And I think that's a privilege. She's 97 years old. Um, She's a rock star. It's amazing. She's funny. Yeah, she's great. She's a good time. So I, most of my days are pretty routine between working, helping out with her. And then, yeah, you know, being able to catch up with friends, people, family. I just, I just enjoy using my time to spend it with the people that I love. and like being around.
1: Thank you for joining us. Well, just to dive right in, would you mind sharing with us? Um, parts of your story of, of journeying
0: through divorce? Yes. Um, so, of course, it started in college. That's where I met my ex-husband, and I basically married my college sweetheart. And, of course, in the beginning, you know, things are great, and and you don't enter a marriage usually unless something is really good. We dated for about four and a half years, and then got married, uh, and we were married for almost... Five years, Uh, so together total, about nine and a half. And, you know, truly in the beginning, it was, I was happy, you know, it felt very natural and we were getting into the rhythm of things. But again, COVID happens. And what I think that did was it ended up putting, I think, a magnifying glass Mm
2: -hmm. on
0: issues that truly were existing. Before then, but they were small enough to where I was kind of able to write them off and push them to the side. But, you know, COVID brought so much. You know, everyone is home all the time with each other. And on top of that, I lost my aunt at the Mm -hmm. beginning, which was the first really big blow. And that was an extremely difficult time. She was like a mother to me, and losing her was really difficult. And that's kind of when things started declining in a more rapid rate in my marriage I was feeling very uh unsupported um Mm -hmm. and not understanding why I was feeling so alone um in my marriage in a time where at that moment that was the hardest thing that I had gone through but again I was like you keep going you know this person maybe there's just not much of an understanding of grief and you know can take time so you keep you keep putting one foot in front of the other and more losses had happened you know we lost a friend and a church closes down and then the biggest blow was later on uh, in 2021 i found out that i had a tumor in my Mm -hmm. ovary and that was a very scary time for me because you know they found it in july of 2021 and I wasn't going to know whether or not it was cancer until I was going to have surgery for it to be removed. So there was a few months where I was kind of in the dark and battling this, is it cancer? Is it not cancer? If it is cancer, how bad is it? You know, and how bad can this get? And I'm very aware of how bad it can get because I've had family members and friends pass from cancer. And that was a time where I felt the most alone in my marriage. I was able to get through it because of family, friends, even my job, but my husband just felt very disconnected from the situation. And of course the caveat, as I'm sharing the story right now, I probably should have started with this, but at the end of the day, divorce is a story that involves two people. And this is me just sharing my perspective and how I experienced this. Of course, if you would ask from his side, he has his perspective and that's fair. I can never know for sure what's going on in somebody's head. But I know for me, I just felt extremely neglected and confused, wondering why the person who I needed the most felt the most distant from me and at times a bit combative. While trying to rationalize and justify behaviors that I was experiencing, you know, from him, trying to be understanding, because at the end of the day, like, this is my husband, this is my marriage, and I do love this person. I chose to marry them, and and we get married because we're we're making a commitment to do life with each other and to be each other's companion, and I wanted to be that companion, and I wanted that companionship from him. But it was tough because as more time went on, it became harder and harder for me to justify why things were happening and truly becoming more and more drained and tired of trying to put on a good face
1: mm-hmm.
0: when being around family and others. Ultimately, I I did have surgery. They did remove my tumor. and. It did turn out to be cancerous, but thankfully it was stage one and I was able to get into a research study as well. I was going to get chemotherapy. The cancer was rare um, and aggressive. So even though I was stage one, they were still going to put me through treatment. But there were moments that God spared me, I think, because I think that if if things had gotten any harder or gone any further while I was in the situation that I was in, I don't think think things would have gone very well. But I did my best to honor my husband, honor my marriage, and I was not very forthcoming about what I was feeling with the people around me. But I later found out that it was very apparent to everyone around me that I was struggling deeply. And finally, they started to speak up. Nobody told me what to do. You know, nobody told me, you need to leave this marriage. And I'm grateful for that. They respected that boundary. But what I was hearing from the people closest to me is just that they were seeing me. And they were seeing that I wasn't okay. They were seeing that I hadn't been okay for a while, actually. And by them telling me that, I kind of started to take my head out of the ground and really question is this really a season? I kept telling myself, this is just Mm -hmm. a season. And having to face the truth that I don't think this is a season. Like things are actually progressively getting worse Mm -hmm. um, as time is going on and things aren't getting better at all. And I don't think that this person wants to be here. And I think that's where the decline is coming from. That you probably feel trapped too. You know, I believe truly that he believed that he loved me when we got married. I don't think that he did this maliciously at all. But I do do think eventually with time, he realized the truth. And so did I. This actually isn't what he wanted. And he didn't want to be here. And I realized that. And I ultimately kind of got to a point where I had to say, you need me. You don't want me. And there's a Mm -hmm. difference. I felt unwanted for a really long time. I can't keep doing this. And this is starting to become really unhealthy. And that was a a very tough day because this was my marriage. Mm -hmm. I didn't get married to end it. You know, I got married for better or for worse. You know, to Mm -hmm. to his part, that meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And it was an internal struggle and wrestle because what I kept telling myself was that I'm not a quitter.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So anytime I thought that I was reaching my end, of I can't do this anymore, I was like, but you're not a quitter. You don't quit. Your feelings are irrelevant. You need to keep going, and you don't quit on your marriage. So I was doing that to myself. (laughs) Um, It wasn't that there was somebody who was saying that to me, and I had to realize that me recognizing this truth doesn't make me a quitter, and it doesn't mean that God is going to hate me
1: Hmm.
0: or be mad at me or punish me but it took a lot. It took a lot of time. I knew the truth for a while, but it took a long time to accept it.
2: Can I ask you a question about the, you're not a quitter voice that was going through your head? Where do you think that came from?
0: I'm sure it came from, you know, of course we, you grew up in church and you hear all the time, God hates divorce, like marriage is forever you make this commitment, you're saying these vows before God, before your family. And they're always like, Oh, if you enter a marriage with divorce as an option, you know, people are just (laughs) going to, it's a door that's open and people are just going to take it. It's the easy way out. And that echoes in you as you're growing up. So I'm like, I am not somebody who's going to take the easy way out. I will not abandon my marriage. Like I will not let these vows that I said be in vain. Um, I will not quit, you know?
2: And in retrospect, is divorce the easy way out? Oh, my gosh. Right? like No. um, But I hear you. But it's just um, I hear you that that's what was taught to you, whether explicitly or, or not. But it's funny and sad how it's like even that phrase, the easy way out, is like so unfeeling and inaccurate. Gabby, would you mind also sharing a little bit about your church background? It feels relevant to your story at this point.
0: Yes. So I grew up, I was born into church. I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church. I was there for years all the way through high school. Church every Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, sometimes more times, you know, more days in between. Mm -hmm. You know, you always had to wear skirts at church. Thankfully, I wasn't in a time where you had to wear skirts all the time, but You go to church, you need a skirt. Um, So it was very, it was still pretty strict and legalistic in ways. So kind of until college is when I started to get exposed to other people from different denominations and people who came to the faith later on, who didn't just grow up in church, where I really started to kind of unpack and wonder what parts of my upbringing is cultural and what parts are actually who Jesus is. But a lot of those things kind of stay with you. Like I said, Mm -hmm. you know, God hates divorce. You're taking the easy way out. Those are very formative. And that's what I was born into. So it, it gets etched in very deeply in your mind.
1: I think what they don't tell you is that for a marriage to work, both people need to not be quitters. Because I remember in my marriage, I held on like tooth and claw. Like I went into it same way. Like divorce is not an option because if it is, that door is just going to get flung wide open. I had us go to like multiple counselors. And at a certain point, you just realize that you're the only one fighting and it's exhausting. Yeah. And that's not something that you can actually control. Right. Because I think sometimes the church tells us if you just try hard enough- you can make it work. And it's just absolutely not true. Yeah.
0: It's even something that I've heard of. You have to accept a hundred percent of the responsibility of your part. Mm-hmm. Um, if your marriage is working, you it is, if your marriage is uh, struggling, of course you can't control the other person, but what can you do? And I took that yeah. to heart. And of course I think that's healthy and reasonable when both parties right. are doing the same thing. But just like you, I started to realize that I I was alone. I was in this marriage alone, even though he was still here. We're still sleeping in the same bed. But it was a very strange sense of loneliness of like, I'm not actually alone, but I am. I'm here by myself. We didn't make the vow to do the marriage alone. We made the vows to do them together.
1: and one of the things they said was that God loves you more than God hates divorce. Mm. And another thing that they said was that divorce is a sign that the covenant has been broken in marriage. It's not the covenant breaker. And that mm. was a really helpful distinction for me. I don't know how you think about it, but that's something that really helped me.
0: That actually, that is a really helpful way of wording it. And I did have a friend ask me one time when I was venting and You know, sharing what I was feeling. And it was emotional because I'm like, he left me. Mm -hmm. Like, he left me. And they're like, but did he leave you or did you leave him? Hmm. And I said, no, he left me. Uh, He was there physically, but his mind and his heart Mm -hmm. was already gone. And Mm -hmm. I asked, I had asked the question, do you want this marriage? And the answer was no. and if he had said yes, I still would have been married. I would have kept fighting. Yeah. Because then that means that you wanted it. Mm-hmm. But if it's already done, it's already done. And I
1: yeah,
0: like you're saying, it's exhausting to fight for something that's actually already gone. Yeah. And it's hard to accept that. I think I'm still making sense of it. hmm I am also having to come to terms with the fact that there are some things in life that just don't and never will. But I can find peace in knowing that I truly did my best to honor my vows. And I've read over my vows plenty of times actually. And I truly feel like that was a North star for me in my marriage. Of course I was not always perfect. Like there are things that I've learned of, of how I can and need to do better just in relationships in general and for myself. But the promises that I made came from my values. And I think I honored that well. And coming to the realization, like what you were saying, Katie, that God does not want to put you through pointless suffering. Like there is nothing, there is no growth here. Every day I was feeling less and less like myself, as opposed to the suffering that the Lord allows in our lives is always going to be purposeful. Like you're, you're getting closer to him. You will get stronger. You will discover who he is and who you are in him. And what I was experiencing was just me getting lower and lower. There was no point to that. And God is not just going to sit there and be like, well, you chose to get married. So you made your bed. Now you might as well lay in it. You know, and that's kind of how I was feeling for a period of I did this to myself. Nobody forced me down that aisle. I chose to get married, and here I am. But God is actually a lot more compassionate than that, and he cares for both of us.
1: How did the church or fellow Christians respond when you shared that you had decided to get divorced? I don't know if you were attending church online or in person at that time. I don't remember when your church closed, but yeah, the Christians around you, maybe the ones that weren't necessarily like your closest people how did they
0: respond? Yeah. um, So I wasn't, we weren't really actively in church at the time. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, as time went on and I felt ready, and it also just became really apparent that we were no longer together. I was able to process with friends from church and like in the community. And it was actually very healing. And there were moments where I actually needed to kind of borrow Their faith and hearing their perspective, and even listening to friends who are in marriages that are healthy and saying, like, this is how you should feel. Like, this is my husband is my safe space. And I remember hearing that and just wondering, like, what does that feel like? I, a desire of, you know, wanting to know and. Coming to the realization of how not normal what I was experiencing was, you know, there exists relationships where it's a real partnership. So I was thankfully heard and seen. It did heal me. It did Mm -hmm. heal me to to hear so much understanding and being reminded like, no, like you're not a quitter. You were actually really brave for doing that when I was not feeling brave at all. I'm so glad.
1: So yeah, often that is amazing. not the case with <laughs> churches. I love what you said about borrowing faith, borrowing each other's faith. I feel like that's the church at its best should be a safe space to borrow each other's faith at our lowest points. And I'm okay. so grateful you, you were given that. What a gift.
2: It is. While you were in the thick of it in some of the hardest times, what do you wish someone had said to you Or maybe what did they say to you that was the
0: most helpful?
2: And what would you say to someone else that has gone through this
0: or is going through it right now? So I think number one, just, and this is also something I wish someone had said to me, speaking the truth about what is going on in your marriage is not dishonoring your marriage. It doesn't mean that you should tell the world about your problems. Absolutely not. But there has to be at least one person who is wise like actual wise counsel that you would be able to go to and give the full truth to them. People can't help you unless they know what's happening. And I didn't do that. So I wish someone had made it clear that it's okay. You're not dishonoring somebody when you're telling the truth. You're you're just telling the truth. And that actually, um, it still feels strange for me to say this because it does go so far against what, I was taught growing up in church. But the truth is like, oh, divorce is an option. And that's reality. It doesn't mean that it's always the best. The truth is marriage and commitment is a daily choice. Just like forgiveness is a daily choice. Our commitment to following Jesus is a daily choice. Like committing to each other is something you have to choose every single day. The both of you. And I think having that reality does help you not take the other person for granted. And we shouldn't treat each other well out of fear that they would leave because that's not genuine or healthy either. But there's like a sense of appreciation that I would think would motivate loving behavior of like you decided to stay today and so did I. And I love that, like I love you for that. I think the reason why it took me so long to truly understand what was happening in the dynamic of our relationship where I didn't feel safety or space to be broken, to be sad, to grieve, to be afraid. I think it took me so long to understand that because I wasn't good at doing that for myself. And I had to come to terms with the reality like you need to feel. That is the only way that you are going to get through this is to feel every bit of it. And it is extremely uncomfortable and painful. And I really want to rush myself out of this. But I had a friend say, God sees your tears mm-hmm. and he cares. Yeah. And he's not rushing me out of this. He's not looking at me and being like, get up, you know, snap out of this. We got to keep going. The, the dark rooms that I felt very alone in within myself in my marriage being reminded like Jesus is sitting there with you already and just waiting for you to sit beside him and let him hold you. Hmm. The Lord cares. I'm not here alone. He sees me crying and he's always been there. I was just too busy trying to get out of this room that I wasn't paying <laughs> attention um, to seeing him there.
1: So, Gabby, I'll I'll ask you the question that's at the heart of this this series and this conversation and And that's why are you still a Christian, even though you've walked through this
0: immense suffering? I am still a Christian because I have seen and experienced that God sees me and he cares on a personal level in every form of my being, whether it's happy, whole, or in pieces. And that he's actually not afraid of my anger or my rage, um, I hadn't prayed for a while, um, and out of this, I finally just remembered. In by Bi- you know all the times in the Bible where it says the Lord already knows your thoughts before you say them, and one day I was finally like, "Fine, <laughs> I'll say my thoughts, <laughs> very, very honestly," and realizing that doesn't scare him away. Of me giving all my anger, and he took it. And responded in love. And that meant a lot.
2: We just want to say thank you again for being here. I do think that you are brave. And I love that. Someone else said that to you. And I think maybe it's something I want to keep saying to you because I think going through what you've gone through and sharing the story is a really courageous feat. And I'm sure it's not easy. So thank you for taking time. Thank you for sharing and opening your heart with us. Thanks for being here. We'd like to close things off with some encouragement for anyone that maybe has gone through an experience similar to yours. So we'd like to invite you to share a Bible verse that's helped you or is helping you as you process this experience
0: of course and i actually have two one of them is much shorter uh it's psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 it was more of a reorienting verse for me and it says search me O god and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting because i did not want to be angry forever were bitter. And the other one, it's funny how cliche, you know, quote unquote cliche verses uh, can take on new meaning when you actually read them for what they are. And one of those for me is the Lord's prayer. We say it so many times. And when I actually would say this in this season, I understood how important and meaningful it was. And especially when it says, for the father knows what you need before you ask him. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. And that carried me.